I am so pleased to welcome Angie Thomas, the award-winning author of the best-selling young adult books, The Hate You Give, On the Come Up, and Concrete Rose. I love Angie Thomas's books. They feature compelling characters who grapple with racism, family dynamics, coming of age, and belonging. In 2020, Angie released Find Your Voice, a guided journal to writing your truth as a tool to help aspiring writers tell their stories. I also greatly admire Angie's commitment to community building. She hosts frequent online events for fans, allowing them to open up about the challenges they're facing. I spoke to Angie for a BBC article about virtual events and their impact on communities. Here's our conversation. How have you found that, just the adjustment to promoting books in non-in-person book tour circumstances? Yeah, you know, it was an adjustment initially. Um, I think I think that's true, though, for all of us in adjusting to this pandemic world. Um, it, it, it takes a little time to get used to it. Um, I missed, and I still miss, seeing readers in person and interacting with readers in person. But what I do love about doing virtual online events is that readers who maybe wouldn't have had access before now have access especially since I write for young people. Sometimes, you know, I have young readers who their parents can't afford to miss time from work to take them to an event, or they live 30, 40 minutes away from where my event is taking place, or I'm not even doing an event in their city or their state, Um, or they're disabled and unable to attend for whatever reason. So I do love the fact that virtual events allow more people to get access to you. But it it definitely took adjusting as far as the interaction part of it. I, I miss seeing readers in person and interacting in person and, and seeing their reactions in person. Um, I, I miss that, but it's it's it has its pros and cons. So how have you have you heard specifically from a reader who's told you like, oh finally I can you know, ask you a question about your books or whatever when before they they weren't able to? Yeah, I have. I have. I've heard that. Um, And I've not just been doing like my official events virtually, but I also have started doing more Instagram live events, Mm -hmm. which are a little more casual. Um, You know, young people will come and I, I don't just I don't announce them or plan them. I just randomly do them with another author friend of mine. And so we'll allow young people, they'll come in and they'll ask their questions, but also we will have just conversations and it doesn't feel like a formal setting. So, you know, things are a little more um, comfortable for them in that sense. But I've heard from kids who were like, I wanted to go to your event when you were so-and-so, so-and-so, but I couldn't get there. So I'm glad I get to kind of talk to you on here. So that's been a huge advantage, especially for disadvantaged young people who, again, who don't have always the means, Um, you know, they have cell phones. A lot of them have cell phones nowadays. So that makes access to us, access to us authors a little bit easier. So I am thankful that I've, it's made me decide, you know what, even once we do get back to in-person events, I still want to do some virtual events Mm. for those young people who can't get to them um, for whatever reason. And do you like work with your publicity team for like the Instagram lives or is it more something that you take on and organize yourself? 
Yeah, it's mostly just me doing it myself. Just like um, it's me and a friend of mine named Nick Stone, who's also an yeah, author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes Nick will text me like maybe on a Friday. We may do one today and she'll be like, hey, you want to do a live today? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. What time you want to do it? All right. And we just hop on. We don't announce it or anything. And the great thing about Instagram is it sends a notification to your followers telling them, hey, so-and-so, so-and-so is live. So it's kind of a surprise element. And I like that. I actually like that, that it's not planned, that it's not something set up by the publisher because we get to have conversations about things beyond books on these Instagram lives. We get to talk about the publishing industry. We get to talk about social justice. We get to talk about just life in general. We do wellness checks. You know, we ask everyone, how are you doing right now? Um, And we remind them, you know, it's okay if you're not okay. And we're honest also about our own mental health struggles during all of this. Um, Because I think, I know as a YA author, the most important thing for me to do is to be honest with my readers. And that's not just through my writing, but through the conversations I have with them. So in these Instagram lives that aren't really set up, they aren't set up by our publisher. We feel like we can do a little more and go beyond the books, go beyond promoting books and talk Mm -hmm. about real life things that our readers are dealing with. And and are the questions you get in these Instagram lives different than what they are at an in-person event like the South Bank Center one, the book festival one, the mm-hmm. ones you had been doing? How are those questions from yours different? Oh yeah, they're absolutely different. The questions in the virtual, the official virtual events versus the in-person events versus the Instagram live informal events, all of them are different. And it's so interesting to me. Um, at the in-person events, you usually come across Um, young people who are a little intimidated and almost afraid to ask a question because they're seeing you face to face. Um, The internet gives you a little more boldness, a little more confidence. So questions that they may have that they wouldn't necessarily ask in person, they will ask during these Mm -hmm. online events. But then when we're doing like the Instagram live events, they get a little more even more informal with the questions Mm -hmm. and and it can be stuff beyond books it can be questions that they want to ask or ask for advice even of things going on in their personal lives that they wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable asking in front of other people or even their parents you know so we we really get to have in-depth conversations with them and so I'm thankful for that and and that's why I say it's something I want to continue on even once we're back to in-person events because as much as I love in-person events, there is still that intimidation factor that so many young people especially have when it comes to talking publicly and asking questions publicly. And can you think of an example when you feel like you, mm-hmm. you touched a young person in mm-hmm. a, either an official or an unofficial virtual event? Yeah, um, I, I've had young people who've come to me and talked to me about their mental health struggles. Mm. Um, I've, I've had a young person who asked me, you know, like, well, came to us in our Instagram live and they were like, um, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. Um, what, what do you do when you're struggling? And I was honest with them. And I said, I go to therapy. Mm. Um, and I had a whole conversation about therapy is fine. It's okay to say I'm not okay. Um, it it was my way of hopefully removing that stigma for them. And I told them, I said, look, there are resources out here that can point you to even free 
mental health services, um, there's nothing wrong with getting help. And I was even honest about being on medication. I'm on anxiety medication. And I was able to tell them, hey, this is what I do. Um, and this is what helps me. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in you reaching out to help for help. And so I later got a DM from that young person saying, I, you know, I did look into one of those resources and I've set up an appointment. So hmm. it's stuff like that. Things that they may, if we were having that event in person and let's say they were there with their parents, hmm. sometimes young people, teenagers, especially don't want their parents to know about these things in their lives because there's so much shame. And then not just that, they don't want an entire audience of strangers knowing, you know, because a lot of times when they're asking these questions, they're asking me in front of hundreds of other people. So they're getting up in front of a microphone and they're posing this question, whereas the internet gives them this sense of being anonymous. It gives them this chance to, you know, to ask this without feeling judged or seeing judgment around them. So, I, I, again, it's it's allowed for more in-depth conversations, more personal conversations. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen multiple instances where it's actually helped young people. Hmm, that's lovely. Now, have, has there been any like technical difficulties you've had? Have you had any sort of just logistical struggles, you know, with um, the world of technology? You know, I've been lucky. I have not had nearly as many tech issues. I've had to kind of set things up so I can avoid them. So I have my lighting. I'm not using it right now, but I have my lighting. I have multiple microphones available. I have multiple cameras available if I need it. Um, so I try to plan ahead for technical issues. I have multiple internet connections. I have like mm. two routers in my house. So if one form of internet goes out, I have another one, you know, so um, I, I try to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> and I've even been lucky in the sense that I haven't been Zoom bombed. Um, mm -hmm. But that came from learning from some of my peers of their experiences of, you know, being bullied and racism mm -hmm. in these Zoom bombings that it made me go to my publisher and publicists and all these people who set up my events and say, look, if I do this, you have to have certain security measures put in place mm. or I'm not doing it. Um, it was a form of self-care and it makes things sometimes I guess a little more difficult for them because it would be great, you know, if we could just promote events and just drop the Zoom link on Twitter and like, hey, come on, come on. But that's not the world we live in. Mm -hmm. So I had to make sure I put my self-care first and say, hey, yeah, I know this is a technical issue you know, Zoom bombing, it's a technical issue, but it will become a mental health issue for me if it's not addressed. So let's put these measures in now so this won't become a problem. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't experienced a lot of tech problems in that sense. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. thankful for that, but it's because I over-prepare. <laughs> and have your, has your publicity team, are they happy for you to do things on Instagram, you know, outside of the official events? And do they make, do they make you run them by them or are they happy for you to kind of take them and run well, them? No. Yeah, they're happy for me to do what I want to do. Um, they, I have not been asked to stop um, and I don't have to run it by them. A lot of times actually it's funny, my editor will join in or my agent will join in and watch. Um, so they, they, they get the notifications too. It's just, you know, it, it, there's a understanding that when you're doing this, 
you know, you're not just representing yourself. So be appropriate in everything that you do. Um, and, but I'm, I'm free to do these events, how and when these unofficial events, how and when I want to do them. Um, and honestly, they encourage it because they have seen um, an uptick in interest and sales and all of these types of things, because mm-hmm. when authors are interactive with their readers or potential readers. So um, yeah, they, they, they love that I do it. And, and so what, what do you have coming up? What do you have planned for this year? Because I know, I know you have one um, for the UK. You're, so you're still promoting Concrete Rose. Yes. Um, what, what else do you have up your sleeve? Yeah, um, well, right now I am working on my fourth book. Um, I'm working on a television project that hasn't been announced yet. And I can't say that, but I can't say any more than that. And um, we just finished filming my second movie, the one for On the Come Up um, in Atlanta. And so that's most likely going to be released later this year. And so if we're still doing virtual and all of that, it's going to be interesting to promote a movie through virtual <laughs> events and virtual um, promotion. So it, it, it's that's going to be a new thing to go through because with The Hate You Give, I was hopping on planes, mm-hmm. trains, automobiles, going around promoting mm-hmm. that film. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we go about it with this one. But yeah, so that's what I have coming up this year. That's, um, oh, that that is that is fantastic. Are you based in Atlanta still? Well, I'm currently, I'm in Mississippi right now because my home in Atlanta is being built still. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. So So at this, you're, you're in Jackson at the moment. Yes. Yes. I got it. Okay. But you spent, I I lived in Atlanta for six years, so I have a uh, soft spot in my heart. Well, thank you for this. Um, It's been really great to read your books and follow how you've been promoting them, but um, thank you. Inspiring. So thanks very much. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you virtually and maybe in person one day. Let's hope. Yeah, that would be great. And if you need anything else, please don't hesitate to ask. Yes. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, take care because I will be in touch. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.